talked a lot about uh, players in various positions from center forward to goalkeeper. One player that we haven't talked about is the 12th man, the fans. Mm. And that is a fan base that has been absolutely phenomenal and consistent this season for Alvaro Pacheco's men. I can think back to, I think it was September or October when Vizela were scheduled to play Portimonense on Sunday night uh, in the Algarve, which obviously is a six-hour car ride um, an incredibly an incredibly arduous timing for you know a Sunday night fixture. And yet, so many Vizela supporters uh, showed up for that match and uh, were absolutely phenomenal uh, for them. Just how important have Vizela supporters been this season? It's hard for me to say um, without being there. Obviously, I hear them in the broadcast at home, and I see the video clips of them in away games, right? But without being present, Zach, I can't tell you, although I can just go off of statements from both my players from Pacheco's public statements and others' public statements that they really rely a lot on them for that energy and for that support. Uh, They've made themselves very formidable at home, Zach, that club for just now getting into the first tier. It's hard to beat them. And, And it's possible that the fans have a lot to do with that. Uh, just as a general statement, I think that's true across the board, wherever you are in the world. If you have a strong supporter culture, it helps the team out. Absolutely. You know, apart from Vizela's win in Kashkaish, uh, we had quite a lot of uh, upsets in the round 28 of the Primera weekend. I'm not sure what it was. Perhaps it was, you know, the fact that uh, a two-week break interrupts a lot of these teams' rhythm. You know, perhaps it was something to do with the fact that that a lot of these teams near the bottom, they need a result, right? Only six games remaining. They need a big result, and they need it now. Uh, But, you know, apart from Vizela, we also saw Bell and Enchsad take a 2-0 win against Portimonech. Um, so over the past few weeks, since the start of March, uh, Bell and Enchsad have drawn to Tondela, uh, Boavista, and Santa Clara, as well as beating Portimonense. Pretty darn good run of form for Philippe Candido's side. For the first time in months, uh, are off the last place. They are off the bottom of the league table. So while, whereas Ricardo Sapinto's Morerense currently are at the bottom with 20 points um, after losing to Vittorio de Guimaraes. Uh, Belenenge saw one point ahead of them and just four points uh, behind Tondela, who are in the relegation playoff spot, as well as five points behind Aruca. So it does seem like there is some life in this Belenenge side. I'm not going to lie, if, if they pull this off, it would be one of the most extraordinary escapes in the recent history of the Primera. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you want me to comment on that. All I can yeah, say I do, is, I do. yeah, all I can say is what I, one of the things I can say is what I mentioned to you before we came online here, here is Visela, which I have a vested interest in, beat Estoril. Uh, they jumped to 29 points, which formed a big gap between them and the relegation danger uh, with six, just six games left. And so I was ecstatic, happy. I'm like, oh, yes, you guys are probably safe, you know, especially looking at the rest of the fixtures. And then, like you mentioned, Belenins won their game, which on paper probably should, they shouldn't be winning that game. Um, and I'm like, crap. And then I look at another result. Aroca beats Givicente. Or I don't know if that's how you say it. Givicente. 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 Okay. They sh- shouldn't have won that game. They won that game. Also got three points. And what was the other big result? Tondela. Tondela beating uh, Maritimo. Yeah. And so ever, all of those guys that are in the relegation spots jumped up three points also. And I'm like, geez, Christ, Zach. Oh, my God. It's, they're not safe. They still have to fight up the rest of the fixtures. But Belenens, I've seen some games, uh, probably four or five games. They're not a bad side. They actually, they're pretty good. Uh, if I'm being frank, it's for whatever reason, they can't finish off plays. And they get punished. And then you have six, seven, eight games like that. And then you get zero points in six, seven, eight games or one point six, seven, eight games. And you're at the bottom of the table. And I think that's the story of that club. If I may be so bold, because I've only seen four or five games with them. And yeah, man, I don't know. They might end up coming back. They play against Benfica though next week, I believe. So and at Benfica. So I don't think they're getting points there. But who knows, with Benfica's form, Benfica might, might cough up points as well. Absolutely. Benfica um, taking two straight defeats to open the month of April following a run of four wins in five games for Nelson Verissimo's side. And their only non-win being... Uh, Gary, you want to take this? Do you think you can answer this? What was was the only game in March and the only game in the past five matches where Benfica did not pick up a win prior to the defeat to Braga? Probably against Vizela, no? (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. 1-1 at Benfica, my man. That's no, that's, that's, that was crazy. Cause you know, you know how it is, Zach, you look at the next fixtures the next week and you're like, ah, we're playing Benfica. Okay. Zero points. And you start looking ahead to after that game as a fan many times, you know, and that was, that's the mindset. It's like, we play Benfica at Benfica. You're not getting any points. And you actually got out of there with a point. Incredible. Even though they did get a red card early in the match, Zach. So Benfica was with 10 men for most of the game. Benfica going into halftime uh, down one nothing after a goal from Yuri Medeiros before uh, going down two nothing via a goal from uh, brother duo Andre and Ricardo Orta, um, but equalizing uh, via two goals within three minutes of each other. Actually, goal and assist from Darwin Nunes, um, and yet two minutes later, 
conceding a goal from Vitor Oliveira um, and losing 3-2. Braga getting revenge uh, for that 7-0, for that, excuse me, 6-1 beating in November. I was there at the Estadio de Luz. I watched it. Nice. And uh, it, it was, I, I like to refer to that match actually as the Red Wedding. I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones guy, but um, because both Benfica and Braga lost a defender, uh, Lucas Verissimo and Nuno Sequeira to a season-ending injury. Um, so it was kind of a vile match. But yeah, um, Braga getting another impressive result under uh, Carlos Carvalhal um, after beating them in last year's Tasa de Portugal final. Carvalhal, you know, he has been a bit coy about his future, hinted at, you know, possibly taking a job in Turkey. Uh, and it does not seem like he will renew it, his contract, which is set to expire in the summer. We'll see what happens, though. But, uh, what do you make of this Braga side, one of two teams in Europe that are Portuguese? Obviously, Benfica losing today against Liverpool, and it looks very unlikely that they will turn around that deficit at Anfield. But uh, Braga, on the other hand, have taken two straight wins against Putmanenc and Benfica, set to face off against Rangers on Thursday. Yeah, Braga has been amazing. I've been on record almost from the beginning of the season. Um, obviously, I saw them play against Vizela. They beat Vizela at home uh, 4-1. The Vizela beat Braga 1-0 um, in the Taza de Portugal, uh, where Braga had been the returning champion at that point. And then I've seen many Braga games throughout the season because I actually like them. They might be my favorite club there in Portugal in style of play in the players that they have. I love watching the Orta brothers and them operate. Um, Vitinha, I'm kind of a, a fan of as well. And I've been watching them in Europe, in the Europa league and being impressed. Uh, they just got past Monaco, Zach Monaco, in my opinion is no joke. Now I haven't watched a ton of Monaco this season. I'm just looking, going off of results. Um, where they beat PSG last week uh, of all teams, they're doing well. And I'm actually happy that they're playing Rangers now because Vizela has to play Braga next week. And that's in between Braga playing their home and away games versus Rangers. So I'm crossing my fingers here that Braga doesn't go full force uh, at Vizela and Vizela can snag some points there too. But man, uh, I'm really impressed by this team. I'm impressed by the coach. Correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but the coach was getting heavily criticized in the beginning of the season. You know, I think a lot of the supporters maybe even wanted him out or or maybe I'm confusing him with somebody else. It, it's hard to say, honestly, because Braga do not have that big of a fan base, but uh, I don't recall them being vocal about Carvalho uh, leaving, but it, it is certain. It is absolutely certain that Braga were in a much worse place at the start of the season, right? It did look like it would be stagnant. And yet, um, currently in the Europa League uh, quarterfinals and currently uh, six points 
ahead of Gilles Vicente uh, for fourth place and Europa League group stage, which has, has essentially become their home over the past few years. And, you know, things did look dicey when they lost to uh, Gilles Vicente on March 13th. But uh, thanks to two straight wins, and as well thanks to some iffy forms from Gilles Vicente, who have drawn to Maritimo and lost to Aruca. And this is, you know, once again, an Aruca side that uh, went down to 10 men at halftime and, and, and has struggled, you know, uh, in their return to the Primera. So some very astonishing results uh, in this match. A lot of giant killings, uh, shall we say, in, in the 28th match day of the Primera. And uh, overall, it does seem like things are heating up as we enter the home stretch of the season. Valenenchsad beating Portmanench, Vizela beating Estoril, Aruca. Um, beating Gil Vicente and Boavista also getting a 2-1 victory at Famalicão um, thanks to uh, a thanks to a goal from Gustavo Sauer and a goal from Peter Musa, who uh, both of whom made my top 25 players in Portugal this season, and who you know in my opinion have been one of the best attacking one-two punches in the league this season. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I don't know that much about Bovista. I know Reggie Cannon plays there. Uh, the other American outside back uh, performed well last season for them, is doing well now that he's back. He was injured in the beginning uh, parts of the season for Bovista. And I like how they play. They are very dangerous. And I think they should actually have more than 30 points at this stage in the season based on how they've been playing. But football is football. You know, you drop points here or there where you shouldn't have dropped points here or there. And they've got 30 points, Zach. I mean, that's only five points above the relegation playoff zone. So everything is super tight. What what place are they in? Are, they're like 10th, 11th, 12th place? I don't, I don't well, remember. Well, Visha are currently in 11th place. Got you. But only like one point ahead of Portimonense and, and Vizela. Right, yeah. Boavista currently 11th. One point ahead of Portimonense and Vizela, two points ahead of uh, Famalicão, and uh, four points ahead of Aruca. So yeah, they are a team that have not been necessarily safe. You know, they they are a team that have struggled with that threat, but overall are looking set for a comfortable mid-table finish this season. Um, last season, but, last season they were in trouble. No, Zach, they yeah, barely escaped they, on the last fixture. Absolutely, yeah, they they were in trouble, right? So overall, and and looking at how they started the season, I I think it's definitely a credit to Petit getting them where they currently are. Um, but yeah, apart from that win, we also saw uh, Tondela winning at Maritimo, another relegation battler, pulling off a massive result against, shall we say, a more stagnant mid-table side, a team, an, an upper-half team that doesn't have as much to lose, right, as Tondela, who absolutely needed a big result and won uh, 3-1, thanks to goals from Thiago Dantas, Rafael Barbosa, and Salvador Agra. 
apart from that, Vitoria de Guimarães uh, winning at Morelense via, via goal from Fuxinha. And uh, this, this was another match which I think uh, was emotional. It saw at the end Ricardo Sapinto, the manager, be confronted by his supporters. Um, and overall, it, things are looking very bad for Morense. It does seem like you know, after several uh, upper half finishes, they could very well be playing in the Segunda next season. Yeah, I think they have a a hard set of last six games, um, or maybe not. Who are they? Let me see. Let me see if I can look it up. Who do they play the last six games? So Morirens, uh currently they 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 will go to Barcelos to take on Gil Vicente, a Gil Vicente mm. side that need a big result after their recent run of form. Uh, they'll host uh, Tondela. Ooh, that's gonna be a war. They're gonna visit. Morenense, or sorry, you're going to visit Portimonense uh, and then host Boavista. And their final two games, uh, they are going to Caixcais to take on Estoril uh, before hosting Castro. Yeah, Martin Vistela. Yep. It, it's war, Zach. Uh, this, uh, these last six games are war. What can I tell you? But they are in trouble. I don't think they've won in a long time. Absolutely, yeah. The the upcoming match day in the Primera is kicked off with, by uh, Gil Vicente taking on Morenense on Friday. So really excited to see that match. I think that two teams that definitely need a result. Morenense have not won since February 7th uh, against Belenense Stad. Uh, their prior win uh, came against Vizela, as well as against Estoril, but yeah, have struggled in the second half of the season. Um, up top in the Primera, though, we have Benfica in third, trailing Sporting, currently sits second with 70 points uh, and six points behind the league leaders, Porto. Sporting defeating Passos de Pajera at home, uh, 2-0. So big win for them. And another impressive victory against a mid-table side came from Porto, who won 3-0 uh, thanks to goals from Zaidu Stanusi, uh, who scored in the 84th minute against his former side, as well as a first-half race from Fabio Vieira. Talk to me a little bit about this player. Which one? Fabio Vieira? Fabio Vieira. I don't know anything about him. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> no, all good. Um, sorry, I'm just a huge fan of him. Make make this be your wake-up call, Gary. Okay, okay. I need you to that, – that really needs to be your uh, – You want me to spotlight him? Your resolution for the final weeks of the season. I mean, don't, I mean, don't get me special talent. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Okay. I've watched Porto. I've watched him play, yeah. you know, but I can't, I can't give you some sort of analysis really. Uh, well, what was it two weeks ago? He, he came up huge with a huge assist and I forget against what team it was. Do you remember what he took the ball up the left side and then cut into the middle and serve, served up a ball. Oh no, no. He actually finished the play. 
He actually scored. He, it was on the right side, actually. I don't remember. I know who you're talking about. I like the player, uh, but I can't really comment much more than that. Thank you for your humility, at least. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Porto uh, are going to face off against Vitoria de Guimarães this weekend. And if they avoid defeat, they will have the longest unbeaten streak in mm. the history of the Primera mm. and break Benfica's 44-year-old record. Have not lost in the league since October 2020, 56 straight matches. Um, so pretty, pretty impressive what we are seeing from this Porto side. Final six games, though, of the league season. Obviously, Porto will face off against Sporting in the second leg of the Tasa de Portugal, Portugal semi final on April 21st. Porto winning the first leg 2 to 1. But uh, final six games of the season. We'll see Porto take on Vitoria de Guimarães, Portimonense, Braga, Vizela, Benfica, and Estoril. Sporting, on the other hand, taking on Tondela, Benfica, Boa Vista, Gil Vicente, Portimonense, and Santa Clara. Um, any thoughts on this title race? It's over. It's over. Porto winning. I don't, I don't see them coughing up six points. Uh, um, to sporting and even if they did I think sporting has the ultimate tie break on them anyways right in the I mean Porto has the tie break on sporting even if they ended up level on points at the end of the season Uh, because they think it's head to head first right Zach it's head to head results and then even if that's tied then it goes to away goals or something of that nature Um, anyways long story short uh, Porto has the title the sporting has a huge gap on Benfica. They're second. Benfica's in third. And then there's too big of a gap for Braga to make up. Both, make teams, up. both teams out of European competition. Both teams only focus on domestic battle. That so too. Really interesting to see how they handle their next few league games. I do agree with you, though. I think Porto have this title race in the bag. We'll see what happens in the Tasa de Portugal. But... Uh, overall looking like uh, it could very well be Porto's second domestic double in two years under Sergio Conceição. Um, and overall, I think that this is the best Porto side of the Sergio Conceição era. Uh, the best Porto side, honestly, in, in perhaps over a decade. Um, what we are seeing is simply incredible. And I think you have to give Conceição the credit. Um, I'm far from his biggest fan, but what he has achieved this season, especially after the sale of Luis Diaz, uh, you know, to Liverpool in January, it is simply incredible. So, you know, kudos to him. We will see what happens in the Primera over the next few uh, weeks. But um, yeah, overall... Let me ask you... Let me ask you a couple of questions on Porto specifically. I'm curious your take on them. Two things. One is, and and feel free to contradict me. I like his son actually. Whenever he puts his son on the field, yeah. I think he his son is a very very good player for being so young. That would be my first comment that I'd like to hear your opinion on. And then the second thing is, I agree with you that they are incredibly strong, but they. They choked in Europe. They choked in the Champions League, and they choked 
against Lyon in, in Europa League, which caught me off guard, if I'm being frank. So uh, I'm curious as to your take on those two. Well, what, what I will say is that, yes, Porto, considering their Europe, European profile, you know, uh, they have to, frankly, they have to be better under Sergio Conceição. We've seen that with, obviously, some previous results before against the likes of Krasnodar. Um, and, yeah, I think that they, frankly, should have, on, on any other day, they would have beaten Atletico de Madrid in the final um, day of the Champions League group stage, you know, they were unlucky with that, but you know, dropping into the Europa League, I definitely think was a bit of an ego crush for them, and I feel like, um, you know, after suffering a bad result at home, one nothing uh, to to Lyon um, via that goal from Lucas Paqueta, I definitely feel that Conceição gave up and conceded it um, and gave precedence to the upcoming match against Boavista in the Derby. Um, I, I feel like if that was the Champions League, he would not have given up. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, um, obviously, I think you have to be able to handle your resources, but it was still disappointing to see him kind of fold after just 90 minutes um i believe out of the uh front six that that started in both matches the only one who remained after the first leg was pepe the brazilian winger um so yeah i think that he he definitely um gave up a bit too early in my opinion yeah because last year they were very good in the champions league zach i mean they took chelsea down to the final moments of of that tie uh, and obviously Chelsea going on to win the whole thing, but I thought they were very strong and I had a lot of high hopes for them this season in the Champions League. And when they went down to Europa, I said, well, okay, maybe they can just win Europa and that's a big accomplishment also. So I was a little shocked. I- I'm curious again about Conceição's son. What-, what do you think of him? I-, I like him. I think there's definitely a lot of promise for him. He has not had the leap that I would have expected going into this season personally. And I, I think that despite the sale of Luis Diaz to Liverpool, you have you still have players such as Wenderson Galeno, who joined in the January window. You have Pepe, a very talented, uh, more mature uh, player who, you know, Porto paid a lot of money for. Paid about, I think, $20 million from to sign him from Gremio, um, who frankly is a better player. You also have Fabio Vieira, a player who <laughs> wants you to be writing down on your calendar. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope you've learned your lesson. I uh, have. <laughs> who, frankly, a player who I would not be surprised if he's in the conversation uh, for an outside spot on, on Fernando Santos's Portugal squad in November. Mm. There, I said it. He's that good, frankly. I mean, he is absolutely phenomenal he knows how to pick a pass and and break those deep blocks his vision is phenomenal uh overall he's he's a player who i think can thrive in a number of different positions whether that's a second striker whether that's a wide playmaker uh whether that's a midfielder in a in a deeper role perhaps uh, he's just a phenomenal mid he's a phenomenal talent 
and uh, overall, I think a few a few steps ahead of uh, Francisco Concesal. Um, so when you look at that competition, it does become a bit difficult. Uh, he is only, I think, what eighteen or nineteen. So you know, he. I, it'll be interesting because I wouldn't actually be surprised if if Porto say, you know what, we we sold Luis Diaz, right? We we've got Galeno, we've got Pepe, we've got Fabio Vieira, um, we've got we're we're keeping hold of Otavio. We've got a lot of options on the flanks. We we know that you have you know talent. We know that you have potential, but you need to get some more regular minutes and and really uh, polish your skills in the Primera uh, level. So I would not be surprised to see them send him on loan to a team such as Storio, such as Vitoria de Guimarães, you know, such as uh, Fumalicão. I would not be surprised to see him take that step because he does need consistent minutes. He is a great talent. Personally, uh, I, I know that Rodrigo Conceição, Sergio's other son, his loan has not gone that well at Morenz this season, but I do think that Francisco could benefit hugely from a loan. I think there's definitely uh, quite a few teams that could benefit from a player of his talent. Got it. Okay, good to know. Good to know straight from the from the expert on the league. Anything else you want to ask? No, well, okay, well, I'll end with this, if you don't mind. Does does Vizela stay up? Does Vizela stay up? That is the question, right? And that has to be their number one objective, or their only objective, obviously, this season. Currently 13th level on points with Porto Manenche. Uh, with six games remaining and one point above Tamalico, three points above Oruka, four points above Tondela in the relegation playoff, and eight points above Belenich side. I am going to go with a clear, resounding yes. They do stay up. I think that they have shown uh, that they have what it takes to to go and get a result in these tough games. Um, let's just take a look at their remaining fixture, right? Braga, Belenenstad, Aruca, Porto, Marichimo, and Morenz. Personally, I like that schedule. I like their chances of staying up. And I think that they, they if they play their cards right, they could suffer. They, they could enjoy, excuse me, a very impressive sophomore year because I, I do think that they are kind of you know, rolling with the punches in their first year up, right, and and learning how to how to compete in in this league. Uh, I think that if they add a few players, you know, as you mentioned, they could go to um, a, a definitely perhaps a a mid table, a comfortable mid table, even in a ninth, eighth place team. Got it. Cool, man. I'll take that answer every day of the week. <laughs> it's just, it's nerve wracking because, yeah, man, and so that fixture is, I mean, you're not playing against the big powers anymore. You have Porto, but that's about it. But you're playing head to head with the other teams who are fighting for their lives also, yeah. which makes it hard. I can't imagine being under so much pressure. You know, one thing I'll, I'll also add, Zach, if you don't mind. 
Acheco, I think, changed the way he approached games in after maybe after maybe fixture number 12 or 13. In the first 10 or 12 fixtures, he kept playing as if he was playing in the second division, in my opinion. Like, go, 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 million miles per hour, attack and go win the game, in, like now. Um, and I think left the team a little bit more susceptible and exposed in the back. And now he shifted towards a little bit more pragmatism and saying, hmm, we're playing in Estoril, at Estoril, they're very good. Maybe let's let them have some of the ball and not expose ourselves too much uh, with spaces in the back. And it's working out for him. Absolute pleasure to have you on, my friend. Uh, you can follow Gary at 343. That's three, the number, four, the word, the word, and three, the number, as well as three, the number, four, the number, three, the number, coaching.com. Anything else you want to mention? No, all is good, Zach. Absolute pleasure being on with you. Thank you again for having me on. Um, It's a pleasure meeting you. Also, we've interacted online a few times, but never have we engaged in this, in this fashion. And, you know, hopefully I'll have you on my show one of these days, or, or maybe we can do this again. Absolutely. It would be a pleasure. Thank you so much.